0: begins again. welcome to the show how you hooligans doing out there again like I start off every show don't forget to go over to hooliganbikers.com b-i-k-e-r.com check out all my editorials that site is just lit up man the discussions over there is great great can't thank you guys enough also harleyliberty.com don't forget your biker news every morning today's show, we are going to go back in time and check out some of the most pivotal events that happened within the motorcycle club scene. Now, when I say pivotal events, I mean stuff that just lit up the news and lit up a lot of what we think about, how can I say this, Uh What these new jacks think bikers are about and where they got their reputation, all that type of stuff. That's the stuff we're going to cover. Today we're going to cover the rock machine and the hell's angels during the Quebec War. Boy, if you were around in the 90s, you heard all about this stuff. And I know all my Canadian audience knows about this war. Now, why am I talking about something that happened up there? Well, it just goes to show you the type of mentality that was happening in the 90s. Now, you had the big Quebec War, you had some stuff happening in Australia, the Milpara uh, uh, Massacre that happened in the early 80s between, I believe it was the Comancheros and the Banditos. If I'm wrong, don't kill me on that, I gotta look it up, I'm just going off the cuff here. Then of course we had some stuff going here in Chicago and all over the place But it was a different time in different places than it is now. And you'll kind of see how things have changed because a lot of people get culture shock over about something that happened in Waco, per se. Now, it was awful, but it is isn't as bad as it could have been back then uh again the mentality is totally different today than it was back then it was a lot more hardcore and when you live the life you lived the life back then so let's get to uh the program and uh don't forget man shoot your comments uh below in the uh, show notes and all that good stuff. Let me know what you guys think about this. Again, this is going to be one of our first series in uh, the history of uh, what's happening in the club scene, man. Montreal Gazette. And they're talking about, you know, it was the 25th year anniversary, uh, July 13th of this year, when everything started. Uh, on July 13th, 1994, in the aftermath of the ultimatum issued by the Hells Angels, three men walked into a motorcycle shop and killed Pierre Doice uh, Again, my French stinks, so... Give me a break okay anyway you know you'll see a little bit of the surveillance video back then this was July 20th 1994 and what happened in from my understanding anyway in Canada was the H.A. gave all the freaking clubs all the dealers that were dealing some stuff up there an ultimatum buy through us or face the consequences so what happened was The rock machine formed and what was also called the Alliance. Now they didn't wear regular patches. Half of them didn't even ride bikes. What they did, they wore rings with the eagle head on it. And that's how you were able to identify them was with them rings. But the Alliance and the Hells Angels went back and forth killing each other, and it was pretty bad up there. Uh, It goes on to say the Quebec biker war was already hatching, but it started from July 13th because that was the first murder. Uh, Again, the guy named Pierre in his Harley shop, and after that it was clear the war begun. Norman, a former rival of the Hells Angels, testifying in court in '96 after becoming an informant in a murder conspiracy case. uh, It talks about the three men walked into the shop and they killed uh, Pierre. Doss was a 34-year-old member of the Hells Angels support club called the Death Riders, was working in this custom cycle shop when the three men, whose faces were hidden by masks, And Motorcycle Helmet called out to him twice to make sure they had the right guy. They proceeded to pump at least 16 bullets into him, who was taken to a hospital and declared uh, dead hours later. You think, with 16 bullets? Uh, The murder received little media attention, but to many people involved in the drug trafficking in Montreal, a very clear message had been sent. In the months leading up to his death, the Hells Angels issued an ultimatum. With very few exceptions, anyone dealing drugs in Montreal will have to buy from them or else. Now, right there is where, and this happens in the United States too, but incidences like that war happening up in Canada and some of the wars down here, that's what gives the media their freaking juice to go after clubs. Is what happens in the past. Now, what happened in the past is the past. It don't mean it happens today. A lot of these clubs nowadays, they're not involved in it because Rico stinks, man. They know they're going to be uh, targeted. So what happens is you get a lot of guys that go off on their own and do their own thing. It wasn't like that up there, at least in Canada in the nineties. It was uh, some gangster stuff happening. Out there, Uh, a lot of bad things were happening. I remember, like yesterday, reading all the news things, like uh, Biker News Network. You know that was around in the '90s. We used to see it all coming across the uh, screens and stuff. What was going on? Several leaders of criminal organizations opposed the ultimatum, met weeks before the dude was killed. but They decided to band together and form a group they called the Alliance. The Alliance's disdain for the Hells Angel attitude touched off a conflict that continued until 2002 and resulted in the deaths. Now get this resulted in the deaths of more than 160 people including several innocent victims again i told you this was no joke up there yeah you might get four five six seven uh maybe all the way up to 10 in a war uh spread over time but This right here was over, what was it, uh, almost eight years, 160 people were killed. Wasn't playing up there. The Alliance acted swiftly during the summer of 94, the day after he was killed. Someone tried to kill Norman Rebellity, or Rebellity. I don't know. You guys have correct me anyway. A member of Hells Angels Support Club, he survived the shooting and would go on to become one of the Hells Angels' most powerful members in Quebec. On the same day the attempt was made on his life... uh, uh, Quebec announced they had arrested five members of the Rock Machine, one of the dominant groups in the alliance, after uncovering a plot to blow up the South Shore clubhouse of a Hells Angels support club called the Evil Ones. By the way, if any of these support clubs are still around or any of that, let me know, guys, from Canada. Uh, On July 15th, uh, 94, two days after the killing, high-ranking members of the Hells Angels from chapters across Quebec met at a hotel Hell, five days later, police managed to record video images of several Hell's Angels made quick visits to the gang Bunker in Sorel. With the benefit of hindsight supplied, a member of the uh, Hells Angels who became a police informant several years later, the police learned the meetings were used to inform Hells Angels across Quebec that each chapter would have to take a vote on whether or not they wanted to take part in the war. And there you got Bo- Boucher or Boucher, whatever his damn name is, uh, waves to the police. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any of our video platforms, you'll see that. Uh, it goes on to talk about how he was uh, recorded in Im- uh, images of a guy named Mom. He was the leading member of the gang's Montreal chapter. Notice he was being filmed. He paused, turned the camera, and smiled as he waved the officers. And by the au- end of August, members of all four Hells Angels chaptered in uh, Quebec at the time. Uh, voted unanimously in favor of going to war. The vote spread the biker war across Quebec and meant the Hells Angels Montreal chapter had much more support than the alliance. Uh, By 99, the alliance was left decimated during the summer of that year. The rock machine became probationary members of the Banditos, a U.S.-based outlaw motorcycle gang that Like the Hells Angels, had chapters all over the world. In the months that followed, the Hells Angels approached the Quebec banditos and offered a truth. The peace officer had an agenda behind it. The Hells Angels in Quebec wanted to prevent the banditos from expanding any further in Canada, especially into Ontario. During the fall of two thousand, they used the truce as an opportunity to convince several members of the probationary banditos to defect from their side. Now we're gonna, and that's when the rock machine officially joined the Ditos. Is uh, on two thousand and one. Now that's when they were they're gone but now and i think it was 2010 2012 the rock machine came re about and now i hear they're a big force in uh australia canada europe you know you got a couple of them in uh chapters in the united states so they seem to be going on again but there's the interesting thing we just talked about the the rock machine some of the members transferring over to the banditos this you know this was written in 2016 so it would have been 2006's around there there was the bandito massacre an execution assembly line wiped out the entire toronto guy chapter uh it goes on to say nicknames like Winer, boxer taz little mikey bam bam chopper and crash they were all connected, whether as members, associates, or just hanger ons to the Toronto chapter of the Banditos Motorcycle Club. On the night of Friday, April 7, 2006, some became murderers and others their victims in what remains Ontario's worst mass killing in modern times. Basically, they turned on each other. And that massacre right there can be the equivalent to. It's not as set up as it was, but the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago, it was just a bloodbath, and let's keep on going on. The circumstances in which seven men lured eight bikers to a southwestern Ontario farm to be summarily executed sounds like something out of Hollywood, but it wasn't. Those uh, events were real, and both police and bikers say the Bandito Massacre changed the balance of power in the Canadian underworld. They were orchestrated by Wayne Weiner, Calistina, a former president of the Bandito's Toronto uh, chapter. He had become convinced that he could seize control of the U.S.-based biker gang's Canadian operation, a lucrative trade in methamphetamine, and yes, it goes all the way back then. And everybody knows, I can't stand meth. It just kills the bikers' uh, image. It's not what a lot of motorcycle club members are about, and it's not what a lot of one percenter bikers are about. But I got to admit, back then it was some hardcore stuff going on back in the 90s. Again, I, you know, I'll be honest about that. It was, but you still have a lot of people nowadays living off that reputation of back then when it's nowhere near the type of people in there now. Uh, He was arrested within days of the executions. Uh, an appeal court uh, called it the assembly line execution. Here, it's giving you some of the the people that were involved and killed. Uh, the self-styled no surrender crew didn't have a clubhouse of their own either. It is ran a lot different up in Canada than it is here in the United States. Uh, again, you guys from Canada can let me know what you're thinking about this. I know some clubs up there do not need motorcycles. Yes, you have a motorcycle club, but you don't need motorcycles. I think that goes back and harkens to the day of the Alliance when you had sporadic organizations joining this Alliance and some of them weren't motorcycle clubs. But again, you have a different culture up in uh Canada, you have a different culture in Australia, you have a different culture in Europe than you do in the United States. What we might find messed up, they find is regular. So remember that when you're looking at this kind of stuff. Uh, Then it goes in, and again, uh, they talk about the uh, Surrender Crew. The men joke, made small talk. Uh, But this was really a huge massacre that happened up there in Canada. Canada, but now let's get to the modern day, uh, rock machine. Uh, this was right on let's see here. September 29th of this year. Uh, the, they, you know, according to seven news, Australia, Canadian outlaw motorcycle gang, rock machine, expanding into Australia. So you can see that they're on a proper fitting and they're ready to go. They're expanding. They're doing their deals, the whole nine yards. Uh, uh, there was recent arrest in South Australia confirming the rock machine outlaw motorcycle gang. Again, this is the news. This ain't me saying it, guys, so don't get up my butt on it. An import from Canada has expanded into Australia. Among those arrested by SA police in the past few weeks have been men alleged to be the gang's Local president and secretary, the alleged president, forty-one-year-old Alexander Illich, has been charged with drugs and firearm offensive. Man, he's pretty young for a president. Anyway, the secretary, who is yet to be identified, has been charged with drug trafficking and will face court next month. Then it goes into the local arrest. You can see uh, all the stuff going on with the, what they seized. Then it goes into the history. Australia has a long history about law motorcycle gang imports. The Hells Angels were the first bringing with them the family recipe for amphetamines honed in drug labs of California. Now, you know, uh, I don't, you know what, I can't see drug labs uh, in Cali because the cost of transportation and all that, you wouldn't make no money on the other end of the pond, man, that stuff's local. Uh, It was the birth of an epidemic that has gripped the nation in recent decades. Next came the banditos whose first public uh, appearance was at the Milpira Massacre on Father's Day 84. Now, you notice these dates, man, mid-90s, mid-80s whole different biker back then, man. Those were the bikers when it wasn't cool to be a biker before the rub invasion and all that type of stuff kind of started changing opinions of what bikers saw to themselves. No joke in the 90s and 80s, man. Uh, I, I would have to contend the 70s and 60s weren't as bad as the 80s and 90s. That's really when it started hitting hardcore. Uh, seven people died, including a 14-year-old kid, uh, in that uh, deal with MyPyra. Uh, let's see here. More recently, the Mongos uh, came over. Of course, they give them a description of the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol. But the rock machine is similar to Sydney's notorious outlaw uh, gang, nicknamed Nike Bikies or Nike bikies because of their panic for fashion footwear, good personal hygiene, and frequent gym visit. Now, I actually have an article coming out, and by the time you'll see this, it talks about the biker gangster, and the styles the whole nine yards their way of thinking how they differ from the traditional biker gonna be out on hooliganbiker.com so go over there and uh, check it out but it gets into this type of stuff with the way things you know are looked on different it was founded in Quebec as competition we went over all that type of stuff Uh, the Angels were uh, allied to the Rosado Mafia crime family uh, portrayed in the TV series Bad blood. Uh, I guess it talks about that. Uh, the dwindling membership it talks about how the biker war decimated the rock machine. In the last uh, attempt, at survival was a merger. We talked about that, uh, but then uh, it, it started going out. First reports of it came out of Perth in 2019 or 2009, which is 10 years ago. Twenty Thirteenth Task Force Echo uh, reported the Rock Machine was aligned with the Banditos in Victoria and had uh, around five chapters in Ozzy. Uh, And then they've been below the uh, uh, radar for a few years. Uh, So, yeah, the rock machine's back. They popped up uh, back after that war. I do understand that some that were in that war, I think, uh, helped reestablish the rock machine in 2016. So, that is a little history right there of the 1990s with the rock machine and the Hells Angels uh, Quebec War. I often talk about how it would be great to see clubs come together. On one hand, that would be awesome. On the other hand, I know that's never going to happen because of the history with some of these motorcycle clubs. Take, for example, the Rock Machine and the Hells Angels. Over 160 people died. There was a massacre when they flipped to uh, the banditos from within, which is a sad deal. But when it comes to the streets, money, that kind of stuff happens. it it, it's sad but it does so i don't think is it ever possible yeah it's possible but you got to get everybody at a table kind of like you had uh, the new york families do early in the 20s but it's a different way of thinking now than it was back then real different way of thinking a lot of these clubs are bigger uh, And they're worldwide, by the way, but they're bigger than a lot of these other organized uh, crime individuals, if you would, out of New York when they started their things. Now, I'm not saying that biker clubs are organized crime, okay? I'm just comparing the two. Clubs are so big now, worldwide, with chapters everywhere. you got to think logically, why would they want to have a sit-down? Why? Because the FBI, ATF are all over them here in the States? Well, they always going to be because of the past reputations that they've had. So they're used to it. So why? what would be the advantage of sitting down besides calling off the feds, which they already know it's not going to happen? Now, a lot of uh, clubs... They're organized in such a way where you have your internationals, your presidents, your nationals of the different continents, blah blah blah. So when one go one chapter, all it takes is one chapter to go to war against another club, and then the whole club as a whole is in that fight. Now, I, from my understanding, eighty one. They have a charter system where each uh, charter has to vote to do it, but I think that has caused a lot of problems as well because one chapter might be good with one uh, club, but the other isn't, but you leave the other club no choice because they're under this hierarchy to go against them. Which, you know, it is what it is, and it does make some problems going out because there's no structure on that one side, and every individual charter can make their own choices. Next thing you know, that one individual charter can declare war on another club, and boom, the whole freaking thing's put into it because that's just the way it is. Now, in one of our next segments, because I'm going to go through, I think this history thing's important for everybody to understand. Uh, how it got to where it is today and it's a lot more calmer i cannot stress how much calmer it is from the 80s and 90s yes waco was bad but i believe the police had a lot to do with waco that incident no matter how horrifying it was Wouldn't compare to what happened in the 90s and 80s with the fighting between clubs. It was downright dirty back then. It was a whole different way of thinking. You got to remember that thinking was because there wasn't this new age type of, you know, input, if you will. No, it was done the way it was done. If you didn't like it, you'd get a black eye or a good freaking kick in the butt because the rules were the rules, man. And again, go to hooliganbiker.com. I talk about this stuff. I actually did that article on why clubs go to war with each other. Go over there, check it out. You'll get a better understanding of what I'm talking about here so pass the video around like it subscribe all that good stuff let me know what you guys uh think about uh doing this series and also i am thinking about doing because my gear heads have been on me on this one doing uh car reviews and i think i'm gonna do that man because i'm a gear head but that'd be a separate thing i know a lot of bikers love the uh working on uh, cars machines trucks whatever me personally I'm uh, i love the lowrider scene so that's my style but you know we'll get out there do some car reviews you know the 2020 models coming up uh see what you guys think of that type of stuff but those are mostly for the gearheads on the channel but until then leave your comments all that good noise man i'll talk to you later In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7, 24-7. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe.